by a pack of intimidating men and women wearing earpieces and staring blankly ahead. There is no way in the world to figure out what it's like to live here, Hillary Clinton said in a 1995 interview. It can be surprisingly claustrophobic. Betty Ford referred comically to the White House, a 132-room, six-floor building with two hidden mezzanine levels, as her one-bedroom apartment, because she was essentially living on the second floor, where she worked out of a dressing room adjacent to the president and first lady's bedroom. Life changes quickly for these women. Rosalind Carter remembers how startled she was when, shortly after she and her family moved in, she picked up the phone and asked a White House operator to be connected to Jimmy. There was a pause, and the operator said, Jimmy who? From then on, she had to remind herself to refer to her husband as the president in certain circumstances. Their lives had changed forever, and there was little time to adjust. On April 12, 1945, when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt died at his cottage in Warm Springs, Georgia, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt was hard at work back in Washington. When she learned of her husband's death, she immediately called their four sons, who were all on active military duty, and changed into a black morning dress. It was Eleanor who told Vice President Harry Truman the news. Harry, she said calmly, the president is dead. Stricken, Truman asked her if there was anything he could do to help. She shook her head and said, is there anything we can do for you? For you are the one in trouble now. In the 19th century, a woman's name was only to appear in writing on three occasions, upon her birth, her marriage, and her death. Originally, the president's spouse was only expected to be a hostess, and the unofficial title was not even used until President James Buchanan's niece, Harriet Lane, began escorting him to events. Buchanan was the only lifelong bachelor to be president, in 1858, Harper's Weekly referred to Lane as Our Lady of the White House, and two years later, in Frank Leslie's illustrated newspaper, her picture was printed with this caption, The subject of our illustration may be justly termed the first lady in the land. By the time Mary Todd Lincoln moved into the White House in 1861, the term First Lady was ensconced in the American lexicon. She was sometimes called Mrs. President by her husband and his advisors. When the Civil War hero General Ulysses S. Grant was elected president in 1868, women reporters were eager to cover his wife, Julia, even though many of them would write under a pen name, because being a reporter was considered a highly unladylike occupation in the 19th century. Julia loved to entertain. She threw 29-course dinners, but she came under blistering attacks for her appearance. She was cross-eyed and would pose for portraits in profile to try to disguise it. The president's wife has always wielded a subtle but effective power, Mary Todd Lincoln made sure some of her allies were part of her husband's cabinet, and Edith Bowling Galt Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson's second wife, is thought to have actually assumed many of the duties of the presidency 
after her husband's stroke in 1919, 18 months before he left the White House. For 12 years, from 1933 to 1945, Eleanor Roosevelt challenged the expectations the public had of a first lady by working tirelessly as an activist for human rights and women's rights. Eleanor was such a force that veteran White House correspondent Sarah McClendon wrote, she set a standard that all the first ladies who have followed her must measure themselves against. Between Eleanor and the glamorous Jackie Kennedy were Bess Truman and Mamie Eisenhower. Bess Truman hated Washington. She and her husband and daughter all called the White House the Great White Jail and went back to their home in Independence, Missouri, as often as possible and never gave interviews. She was terrified that the press would reveal...